0: Welcome back to the fifth episode of Sustainalytics Sustainable Finance Solutions Podcast. This is a monthly roundup of the latest transactions and developments in the sustainable finance space globally. We really hope that this roundup may just spark some ideas for future deals and help support growing the market. This episode is hosted by myself, Nick, and also Cheryl, and we lead the sales effort in Asia Pacific. Cheryl, over the month, what were the key things that caught your eye?
1: Yes, that's right, Nick. Numbers are coming through for Q1 this year. A very good article from S&P's ESG Insider Newsletter gives us an idea of how the COVID-19 crisis has dented demand for green bonds in China, falling to the lowest levels seen over three years in Q1. That's it. The market is slowly showing signs of revival, with issuance rebounding in April and could return to 2019 levels by the second quarter. Social bonds, on the other hand, are surging globally. To quote a great line in the newsletter, the COVID-19 pandemic has given the social bond market a sense of purpose and clear goals that had been lacking. Over USD 6.95 billion of COVID-themed social and USD 12.29 billion sustainability bonds that complied to the ICMA principles were issued.
0: Okay. And one thing I noted over the month was there still continued to be a lot of articles about, uh, about green bonds still having a lot of appeal, Although the volumes did drop over uh, over March and a little bit into into April, they're still gaining popularity. A good defensive bet. Uh, Moody's actually over the month uh, reduced uh, their forecast for the year from around 300 to about 175 to 225 billion, uh, which I guess is still quite a lot of bonds in um, in this type of market. We'll see how the rest of that year uh, pans uh, pans out. And there's been a lot of articles about green recovery um, as well. Cheryl, what have you noted in that space?
1: That's right. Talking about green recovery, another article from Environmental Finance discusses a paper written by renowned academics titled, Will COVID-19 Fiscal Recovery Packages Accelerate or Retard Progress on Climate Change?, which surveyed 231 central bank officials, finance and economic experts from G20 countries on the relative performance of 25 major fiscal rescue and recovery packages. The research reported that airline bailouts were considered poor focus for fiscal recovery, delivering little economic or climate benefit. The authors propose conditional green bailouts for airlines could require achievement of net zero emissions by 2050 with immediate targets set at five or 10 year intervals. If these airlines fail to meet these targets, the bailout funding would be converted to equity at today's very low stock market prices. This actually mirrors what the French government did with its 7 billion euro bailout for Air France where, where they attach environmental conditions to. Meanwhile, Berkshire Hathaway led by Warren Buffett sold out their entire $6.5 combined stake in U.S. airlines after judging that they would chew up money. To quote the authors, fear that unless policymakers keep carbon emissions in mind, the world risks leaping from COVID frying pan into climate fire.
0: Okay, just continuing on from that uh, theme, Cheryl, I noted over the month that uh, in Canada, one of the emergency financing facilities made it a prerequisite for that uh, funding that companies would commit to... Uh, reporting under the TCFD or Task Force for Climate Related uh, Financial Disclosures, which is a really great development, and again evidencing the, the green strings, so to speak, that are being attached to stimulus, and hopefully we see that um, more in many countries to, to see that drive uh, more disclosures and, and more green uh, green projects. Um, I noted some interesting articles too about big oil over the month and plans for net zero. Uh, Cheryl, what did you what did you think of uh, of those? Anything to note in that space?
1: Yes, Bloomberg Green put out a a great, uh, Post on Big Oil has big plans for net zero. Are they credible? Only time would tell. There are now four major oil companies pledging to cut emissions to net zero after Total followed Repsol, BP, and Shell in laying out its plans. And yet, each one of them defines the vital goal in a different way. The article critiques how all four oil companies with net zero plans agree on fully cutting scope one and two emissions. But that's really the easy part because it's typically less than 10% of total emissions. The SBTI, or the Science-Based Target Initiative, says it will publish a method for oil and gas companies to set up credible net zero plans come October. So that's a very welcoming um, initiative to see. And what about you, Nick? There's some interesting news on our front, I must say.
0: Absolutely, Cheryl. And it's a really good link to what you've just said about oil and gas and, and transition and science-based targets. So um, we're very excited at Sustainalytics that we've just launched our transition bond second-party opinion offering. Um, we will be looking to cover six industries under that offering uh, in the initial phase. The first two industries we've launched is to be able to cover uh, sign-offs on transition bonds for steel and, and natural gas. This is something that we've been working on for, uh, for quite, uh, quite a while. So we'll be looking at activity-level aspects of companies with the use of proceeds focus. We'll be signing off uh, to alignment with our own Uh, with our own taxonomy for transition, and we believe that our approach will work really well with other initiatives in the market once they're released, such as um, guidelines being developed by ICMA and also CBI, which are expected to come out with a a, a white paper in due course. Um, Very briefly, there's a couple of elements we look at this, issuance level considerations and also issuer level. uh, Issuance level, again, signing off to our taxonomy uh, and then the other items uh, being similar to how Green Bond uh, Green Bond works, project selection, management, proceeds, allocation, and impact reporting. And then the issuer level, this is much more in-depth, uh, looking at how a company, what their commitments are, what their transition strategy is, and what type of pathway or decarbonization uh, strategy or pathway from, there's all sorts of different institutions that have come out with uh, trajectories or roadmaps for that. Uh, seeing how the commitment and strategy links to that, and also the alignment of the use of proceeds for the bond with the strategy and implementation plan of, of that company. So again, really excited about that. Hope to work with a number of banks in these difficult to abate sectors. And it's great to see another option becoming really clear in the market for some of these more challenged industries to really participate sustainable finance. It's been a pretty big month for announcements and, and guidelines are coming out. Also, we note that the APLMA, uh, LTSA, LMA released updated green loan principles and sustainability link loan principles. And also there was a guidance document released for each of those. So we we'd definitely recommend a read uh, of those for our for our listeners, some really good questions uh, and answer sections in, in that guidance and a lot of fundamental things covered. Uh, the other thing just before we've uh, gone to air with this podcast is that ICMA has just released through its AGM, the sustainability link bond principles. Uh, so that's another great addition to the market. We'll talk more about that going forward, but hopefully that underpins some some really good growth in the SLB or sustainability linked bond market. So, continuing on from all the regulations and guidance and different things coming out, Cheryl. Also, China's there's been a lot of talk about different elements of their catalogues and taxonomies and what's what's been happening. Uh, what's been happening in China over the month in relation to that?
1: That's right, Nick. Exciting times. PBOC's Green Bond Catalog released an update, uh, which has been launched from public consultation. There is a great article from Bloomberg Green summarizing the key changes with the headline being China removing coal clean coal from their catalogs. And the article summarizes what's been cut from the previous catalog, including large supercritical coal-fired power plants, which were previously included as energy-saving projects, projects that process coal to remove impurities. And what's been added is more clean energy projects, including hydrogen, geothermal, tidal power, biomass, energy storage, CCS, as well as a new category of green services, which includes trading carbon emission credits, as well as RECs and infrastructure supporting new energy vehicles, such as uh, distributed charging points and hydrogen charging stations. CBI has also launched a couple of other reports. What else have you seen, Nick?
0: Yeah, they have. They continue to be very busy, uh, Cheryl. So lots of great podcasts and webinars that uh, CBI have released um, backing up and, and further explaining the different reports. Uh, the couple of reports just to comment on is the uh, report on the Hong Kong market uh, that was released in a really good read. Uh, a couple of things to note from that. Green bonds in Hong Kong, uh, Hong Kong direct uh, issuers for 2019 is about $2.6 billion, uh, slightly down from the previous year. Uh, but we did note the Hong Kong SAR government uh, launching a, uh, a bond, which is great, uh, which is great to see. Buildings still dominate the space uh, in in Hong Kong, but probably most notable from that was um, just over ten billion of uh, of green bonds were, were arranged uh, in and through uh, Hong Kong. So Hong Kong continuing to remain a key uh, a key regional uh, regional centre. The other one was just the CBI draft shipping criteria. This is an excellent read, and the the webinar on the CBI's website for shipping is is well worth a listen. Um, This is a really good framework for a very difficult um, or challenging sector, we should say. We'll be coming out with our transition uh, criteria for that sector later in the year. Uh, But this is a really good, uh, I think, robust approach uh, using a number of... Um, trajectories that are being produced by the IMO or the International Maritime Organization, uh, looking at some of the things ingrained in the Poseidon principles related to shipping. So it it is a really good combination of those things and looking at at a challenging sector um, and just a reminder, Sustainalytics uh, is a major player in CBI certification, so we're more than happy uh, once that comes in to be a formal criteria to work with uh, banks and issuers, and hopefully we'll see a bit more action on the, the shipping space and green uh, going, uh, going forward.
1: That's it for the news this month. Let us now move on to the next segment on transactions that have hit the market. Lots of transactions from interesting issuers and sectors from transition to green equity. To kick things off, we'd like to welcome Sustainalytics project manager, Zach Margolis, to talk about some of the interesting SPOs we have done in the Americas. Welcome, Zach.
2: Hi, Cheryl. Hi, Nick. Thanks for having me. There were quite a few interesting transactions that have come through in the last little while, so it's great to have the chance to come on and discuss. I'd like to start by talking about an issuance that has spurred a bit of conversation in the market, Plug Power. Plug Power is an American company focused on hydrogen fuel cells in a variety of applications, and in particular has made great strides getting their cells into forklifts at large warehouses. In May, they issued a convertible bond intended to refinance some of their existing debt, as well as to allow them to continue to invest in developing and deploying their products. While their technology is certainly interesting on its own, as hydrogen is seen as one path to move away from fossil fuels in a number of sectors, what triggered a lot of commentary was the structure of their issuance. Namely, the plug will use the funds raised for general corporate purposes. While well, this is a departure from what is typical for a labelled green bond, and some have argued it's not appropriate in a use-of-proceeds-driven market, our stance is that this aligns with the intent of the green bond principles, if not the precise requirements, as plug power is a green pure play. By that, we mean a company whose business activities are fully dedicated to environmentally beneficial activities. Making this determination relied. on on both an in-depth assessment of their current expenditures and revenues, as well as a review of their long-term strategic focus. Together, these two factors allowed us to opine positively on their framework within our green bond SPO. Moving from green tech to the technology sector more broadly, it was also great to see two issuers from non-traditional industries come to market earlier this spring, as the semiconductor companies NXP and analog devices each issued green bonds. Sustainalytics provided SPOs for both these companies. While their precise focus differs, both frameworks highlight two different scopes of eligible green activities. First, they're developing products that enable environmental benefits, such as chips for electric vehicle batteries or microcontrollers that achieve operational energy savings. Second, as manufacturing companies, these firms have enormous potential to improve their production processes to reduce waste and emissions and further integrate renewable energy. I would say that many companies in the tech and manufacturing sector might see these same two opportunity areas within their own processes. Thanks again for having me on.
0: Great, thanks. So it's been a huge month again for a Green Bonds with some frameworks released and a number of transactions done just to, to paint the canvas of what's happened uh, briefly over the month. Uh, so renewables continue to be a mainstay of the market. You know, Eurogrid, Neon, uh, Norska, Hydro, uh, and also Asahi Kasei. Uh, which is actually a chemicals company in Japan, issued a bond to fund uh, a hydropower project uh, that they have. Also RWE from Germany with a bond related to renewables. So that's great to see the ongoing developments there. And um, A really uh, noteworthy one was actually from BASF in the chemical sector. So the bond looking at financing eco-efficient and circular economy adapted products Production technologies and processes, renewable energy, um, and really how BASF is contributing and accelerating others to use some of their products to lower their emissions as well. So great to see uh, chemicals uh, coming to market and looking at different things to finance under that. Um, a couple of property uh, transactions done. Again, another main say. just a couple of things to note, granite uh, REIT and also CPI property. Slightly different type of bond or should say different sector for for Singapore was NUS, the uh, National University of Singapore issued a a bond. And we've seen a couple of universities issue in Australia, uh, ACU and Macquarie University some years back. So it's great to see another type of sector uh, entering the market in in Asia. Um, Water. Uh, there was a couple of things done, but just one to note: uh, Belgium's uh, Aquafin focusing on sustainable water and wastewater management. Uh, banks continuing to issue: Citibank and Baharat uh, a work from uh, India are worth uh, worth noting over the uh, over the month. Um, and what about green loans, Cheryl? Much uh, much action in that space.
1: Yes, um, in the green loan space, uh, Manual Life US REIT secured a one hundred million green loan from OCBC to refinance its US property land had also obtained about a USD $515 million green loan to develop a luxury residential and commercial development in Bugis. South Korean state-run lender KDB and some other financial institutions have provided uh, $480 billion won in loans to Hyundai Heavy Industries, which is the country's largest shipbuilder. We view this, however, more as a transition than green. But also in the social bond space, we see COVID issuances coming through. Kafil, the leading European issuer of covered bonds secured by public sector assets, uh, Euro 1 billion issuance, where all the proceeds are used to finance and refinance loans to the French public hospitals originated by SFIL, which is CAFIL's parent. UNEDIC, France unemployment insurance management body, has also launched the world's largest. Ever social bond, raising euro 4 billion to support its response to the COVID-19 pandemic. So the order book reached over 7.75 billion. This is the largest volume of orders ever generated by an UNEDIC issue. The proceeds primarily funded extending uh, standard unemployment insurance programs and implementing job retention schemes. Currently, more than 15 million people are directly supported by UNEDIC. BBVA placed the Euro 1 billion inaugural COVID-19 social bond for making them the first private uh, financial institution in Europe to do so. Demand for the bond was also very well received, being five times oversubscribed, with the interest rate uh, tightening 33 basis points below the initial target price. Japan's MUFJ also issued a first corporate bond in response to the coronavirus pandemic, which is the first for the country. Funds raised through the bond were used to finance small-medium enterprises that were struggling amid the outbreak. What about SLLs? What have we seen in the market, Nick?
0: Yeah, just a couple of things to note uh, for for the month, uh, Cheryl. We saw an interesting one that was a sustainability-linked syndicated uh, guarantee uh, structure for Siemens Gamesha. Uh, and they've done a few interesting things recently. It's a big uh, renewable energies uh, development company with lots of uh, lots of different uh, different projects. So that's uh, that's good to see. Another shipping uh, SLR coming to market, a KPI based structure for Dorian uh, that we worked on, and a telco in Malaysia for Axiata and using an Islamic structure as well uh, with a KPI around its carbon uh, carbon footprint. So good to see a diversity of sectors um, there. There've also been an ongoing. Uh, development of what we call sustainability linked or green labeled uh, products. So just picking up on essentially what Axiata's has done, a lot more talk about Islamic type products, particularly for uh, for Malaysia. So we'll see probably a, a continued pickup there. Green deposits, we've worked with a few banks at Sustainalitics on these type of instruments. Uh, and um, um, Standard Chartered announced that they've uh, raised more than uh, $2 billion in in that, uh, in that product, uh, which seems to be going uh, very well for them. We also saw a green equity transaction, if you like, or at least a report on a company uh, that was stating uh, uh, it being green equity based. Whilst there's no green equity principles as such in the market, this was a really interesting report which came out, which essentially analysed both the revenue side of the business and also the expenditure and capex um, side of the business. so probably we'll see more in that uh, in that space in different types of analysis on companies, whether it's EU t- uh, taxonomy uh, relevant or uh, different ways to break down a company's revenue and expenses. So uh, definitely a, a noteworthy one uh, over the uh, over the month. Uh, and transition again we we mentioned before about our transition offering that we launched, Cheryl, was there anything specific in terms of transactions in in that space over the month?
1: Yes, well, well, there wasn't a specifically labeled uh, loan uh, for transition, but there was a great steel loan that hit the market from Acelar Metal, which was granted a Euro 75 million loan from the EIB for the construction of two projects in Belgium. And these projects aim to reduce carbon emissions, helping to develop low carbon steel making technologies in line with the EU climate objectives. Interesting technologies, with one project are producing steel which is a plant that will capture waste gas from the blast furnace and biologically convert them into recycled carbon ethanol, which can be blended to use as a liquid fuel. The second project converts waste wood into bio coal, partially replacing the coal currently injected into the blast furnace. So this is an exciting uh, loan that would fit really nicely with our transition criterias for steel.
0: Okay, good to hear. In terms of the regulatory side, there continues to be ongoing, uh, ongoing developments uh, Cheryl, and a bit a bit never-ending, which is great and shows a lot of uh, dynamic elements of, of the market and, and uh, innovations which are, which are ongoing. Uh, we'd recommend to our listeners uh, to take a listen to a selective podcast released by ICMA. And there's lots of interesting topics that they bring out, particularly in relation to NFRD and the disclosure obligations going on. Uh, in uh, in Europe, so we'll see how those develop. Uh, there's a three month consultation period that had been recently launched for uh, what's called some SDG bond operating principles. So, adding some more uh, robust uh, and specific guidance about how they should be put into practice and what they should cover. So let's see how that uh, how that develops. Um, GRI probably the biggest sustainability reporting uh, framework um, system globally released a. A standard for waste management, and we see a lot of waste management uh, getting talked about in this uh, in this whole sustainable finance. So that's great to uh, great to see there. And one of my favourites, the NGFS, the Network for Greening the Financial System, a bunch of uh, central banks globally released a couple of reports over the month about how they're seeing best practice and uh, climate management and climate management of risks by uh, by banks. And that's always a good insight into how the central banks are looking at um, a supervisory approach to to the banks related to climate uh, climate risk.
1: Thanks, Nick. All right, folks, that's about all the time we have for this episode. Links to the articles and reports mentioned can be found on our website. Do also follow us on our LinkedIn and Twitter at Sustainable Finance Solutions and send any questions or feedback our way. Thanks again for tuning in. Till next time.